So, this morning, uh, so as said, we've been going through what is church, which might seem quite obvious, but, you know, it's been difficult times. And I want to start this morning somewhere completely different. I want to start with the idea of a football supporter. Okay, so I I have got some slides. I don't know if they're going to appear, but we'll see. Anyway, in a football match, oh, I don't have a clicker either, do I? I have anything. Well, it's up to you, Jeff. Brilliant. In a football match, the supporters are often called the 12th man or woman, I'm going to say. And we know that supporters on the sideline can make a massive difference, can't they? If they're really cheering, it can spur on that team to do something that they feel that they couldn't have done before. But on the match day, in a football match, if Bob, the bank manager, I have just made him up, Bob, the bank manager, if he's not in his seat, it doesn't make much difference, does it? Probably not actually that many people are going to even notice, just the people who sit next to him. And Bob's not really that important. But if Alex McCarthy, the goalkeeper of Southampton, if he is not there for the match, it is really important. All the goals are going to go in and there's going to be no one to stop. Now, but if this was a picture of Jesus' church, look at the football match now, Bob wouldn't be replaceable. It would matter if he was in his seat or not. If he missed a match, that would be a big deal. And possibly Ralph, the manager of Saints football, he would be interested in what Bob has to say. In fact, he might meet Bob for a cup of tea and say, Bob, how do you think the match went? What did you think of the plays I was doing there? Because he would know that Bob has access to the overall manager of the team. He would know that. And that's more of a picture of Jesus' church. Alex is going to be genuinely interested, and so is Ralph. Now, when I was eight, I started going to church. Now, my family weren't Christians, but I went to church. I didn't have a dedication. I didn't have any promises made for me or over me or blessed. But nonetheless, I received that from the community that I became a part of. And it wasn't very long before I started to help. I was involved. I was serving. You know, I was an important member of that community. And I was really privileged to be part of that. I was fortunate to grow up in a church culture where they took it seriously that each member was important. There is nobody, no one who sits on the sidelines. No one. And that's why in our community, we're really blessed that our young people get involved. They do the camera, they do the sound, they have some groups, they they lead services occasionally, they play instruments. They are fully involved. And even Martha, this morning, we were saying, you know, we're thankful for her. She's a valuable member of our community, where in other bits of society, she would be maybe not that important. So that is more of a picture of Jesus' church. Now, I don't know what it was like for you, whether you grew up in church or you didn't, whether you go to church or you don't. We asked people recently, you know, why do you come to church? You know, Andrew asked it again, but we asked it bigger, like, why did you start coming to Portsmouth? Now, what was it? We had lots of things, you know, people were friendly, da-da-da, I liked, I liked the worship, you know, there's lots of different things. But one of the main things was I got 
to join in. That right from the start, no one sat on the sideline. It was like, oh, hello, you're really welcome here. And we're looking, saying, you know, how has God gifted you? What did he give you that you're going to bless us with? We're so excited you're here with us to be a part of this church community. Now, today, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4. Now, if you want a a churchy one, you'll notice around the edges, we've got these little green Bibles, and I did look it up for your, because I'm using my own, but it's 1175, or you can bring it on your phone, whatever you like. Um, I like, I like a paper copy. Do you know why? Because I can jump about a bit, and you can't do that on your phone, so easy. So, Ephesians 4 is where we're going, and I'm going to read it super quick, and then I'm going to talk about it super quick. Okay, so as a prisoner of the Lord, this is uh, Paul, he's in prison, he's writing to this small church in Turkey, just to get you going. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he descended to the lower earthy regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We're going to come back to that, mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When we know, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And we're going to come back to that too. So today we're thinking of Christ's uh, church as a body. In the passage we read about it's one body. 2.5 billion people on this planet claim to follow Christ. And they are super diverse, aren't they? They have different cultures, different ways of doing church. Some like bells and smells, some like some incense, some like to run around the room uh, getting very excited. We're all really different, but we're nonetheless one body, one body, one church. And it's Christ's desire that that body becomes mature and attains to the fullness of Christ or becomes fully like Christ. It should look like Jesus. It's really obvious, isn't it? But that's our goal. That's where we're going. We want to be mature and we want to look like Jesus. If you peek back up to Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, just in chapter 3, verse 17, he prays for them 
that they, they being rooted and established in love, that means started off in love. They've got, if you imagine them like a tree, they've put their roots into some really nice manure. Um, I've got a terrible tree at home and it's just like, but anyway, <laughs> imagine it's really got a really good start because it's built in the love of Jesus. It's that moment where we understand God loves me. He really loves me. Oh, my life. And it's that moment that it, it comes from here to here. And you're like, oh, God loves me. And that's you're rooted and established. You're started in the love of God through Christ. And it says, oh, sorry, got back to it. Got a bit diverted. This is never going to go well for time. <laughs> he says that you together together. And that was a word that I had right back in the summer when we were talking about a teaching series. I kept saying to Peter, I don't know, but it's about together. And he was like, what are you on about? But then I saw it today and I thought, no, together. It's about being together, isn't it? Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love and know, not like, oh, I know about it, but to know it in our souls the love that surpasses knowledge. It's something that humanly we cannot grasp. That you may be filled, here it is, to the measure of the fullness of God. Imagine this. Like often we're just so focused, aren't we, on I've got to be a good person, I've got to be nice, and I've got to be kind. But that comes out of the fullness of the knowledge of just how loved we are. Just how utterly loved we are. Just think for a moment what science has shown about children who are loved and they get affection. They're more confident. They have less anxiety. They make better people in society. They tend to be kinder. They're more um, self-assured in themselves. They've got a grounding in the love of their parent. And we have a God who is love. And that's where we're grounding ourselves in the love. And as we grow in maturity in Christ, we know more of who he is and more of who he thinks we are. So we're growing in that. And he says um, at the beginning of chapter 4, live a life worthy of the calling you received. Sorry, we've got to go to chapter 1 for this. But in chapter 1, we see something of the calling, that he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before anything was made, he had already got a plan for you and me and his church to be, what does it say, Uh, adopted. And that's talking about that intimate relationship that he wants with us. Not a distant God who's like, oh, it's a bit of a mess down there. But he wants that relationship. He wants to be we think about how close we can be. Imagine the closest father and son or mother and son. or the parent. <laughs> Imagine the closest it can be. And that is not even slightly close to how God wants his closeness with us and the love that he has for us to be poured out into our hearts. And he says in chapter 4, live a life worthy of this calling. You're called to be loved by him. And from that to love. Not love first, and then I'll, I'll, I might call you later. It's a bit like in that film, Private Ryan, when he's, you know, we all, everyone uses this. Aren't he? He's at the grave, and he's going, have I done enough? And, uh, and his wife lovingly says, of course you have, dear. But, you know, for us, it's like not have you done enough. It's Christ did enough. We don't have to do that. We don't need to ask that question. He 
he loves us and he gives us this life of fullness and freedom freely in the grace that he's given us. And we're called together as a whole community to grasp this. To imagine, as we grasp now, grab it. Don't like, oh, sort of all right, I suppose. Grasp it. You've got to grasp the love of Jesus and it's our responsibility to help each other do that. Now, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity. Remember we said we're diverse, we're all different. Even in this church, we're really different and we annoy each other. We do. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And we don't always like the way things are going, but it says make every effort, every effort. Where is it? Here. Um, Be completely humble and gentle. Those are the words that Christ used to describe himself, humble and gentle. As his people, we should look the same, Christ-like, like Christ, fullness of Christ, humble and gentle. We don't consider ourselves better than anyone else. We bear with one another. We're patient. That, That patient is not patient with things, it's patient with people. Sorry, but it is. And this is the beauty, isn't it? of the body of Christ. This is what we're called to as we are encouraging one another. No more of the love of Christ. Not, oh, you're a terrible person. No. Oh, I want you to know more of the love of Christ. And I'm going to show you that now. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to champion you because this is about us as a body coming to Christ and becoming like him. I've got a whiz on. (laughs) So we've all, so here we are, we're all diverse, we've got different roles. Now, the important thing is, in here, verse 11, it says, so Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, he's naming a few, but elsewhere he names loads, doesn't he? Like the person who's uh, good at helping, the person who's good at giving, the person who's good at serving, the person um, who's good at being compassionate with people, who's caring and healing and all those sorts of things. And we see that elsewhere. The important thing to notice is that we all have them. That's number one. We all have them. Nobody gets missed out. If you're following Jesus, you have something to bring to his body. And it's important that you use it. It's important. You are valuable in it. And it's not just for you. It's for the common good. It's not like the football match where basically the footballers are the ones that, you know, really benefits them, doesn't it? And ultimately, the, the, lead, the kind of owners of the football club. No, it's for the benefit of the whole body. We're to walk together. It's like a bit of a cooperative. And we want to become mature. And that's knowing, knowing how loved we are, knowing who God is, knowing what he's done for us, knowing who we are in him, knowing uh, what we're called to do. And the body needs to grasp that. Now, I'm just trying to sneak off down here because it says... Um, in verse 14, that we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here by every kind of teaching and cunning and craftiness. Now, um, what does that have to do with it? Well, when we knowing who we are in Christ and what he's called us to and who he is, we've got 
that roots again going down. The more we know that, the more our roots go down. I was, I really like personality tests. I'm just going to confess it right now to the group. I love this sort of stuff. And I love knowing myself. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Kind of thinking, yeah, I do do that. And that is why I do it. But it can't stop there, can it? can't just stop there. I was on a course recently. It's like a coaching sort of course. I went with a friend and we both said afterwards, yeah, we love this stuff, but there's something missing. And the thing that was missing was the course was about who you are and like how you're wired and you should do that with your life. Great. But the thing that was missing was who we are in Christ, what he thinks about us. The roots are missing. Like, what does he think about us? What does he want us to do? They were saying, like, what's your plan for life? And my friend was going, well, I sort of got this, but I also, I want to know what God wants. It's not just about me. It's not just me deciding what I'm going to do. But actually, when I say, God, I'm, you know, you know what's best for me. I'm your servant. We've talked about that already, haven't we? We're here for you. So there was something missing. And here, I think, we're not blown, we weren't blown by the winds of teaching that that evening. We were like, yeah, there's some good stuff here. But we had that discernment on because we said, okay, but there's something missing here. There's another level. There's a level of knowing who we are in Christ, knowing our goal to become more like him, to be Christ-like. And that doesn't always look like, I'm good at this. I want lots of money. I'm going to go and get it. It doesn't always look like that, does it? So, we're going to finish. What is the time? I don't think I can do it. Can I pause? I'm just going to hold. You've got to hold that for. <laughs> I really am going as fast as I can. I've only got like one minute. (laughs) Now, you know, just tying in with what we've just sung. You know, the words that we've sung are beautiful, aren't they? They're a really good example of the body of Christ building one another up. These guys came here. They were here at quarter past eight this morning. And their goal is to build you up. And the guys who arrived this morning and put the TV outside and made sure the tea and coffee was in place, and those who put in, and those that have um, cared for our children this morning, and the way that you were greeted and the way that you were talked to after is all part of the body of Christ building one another up. And as we look at the word and we're reminded of who we are in Christ, we are built up together as each part does its job. Remember the last bit, verse 16. From him, the whole body joined together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Yes, we've got some gifts mentioned here. Maybe they're more upfront ones. But it says each part, every single one. Nobody is on the sidelines in in the body of Christ. Nobody. No one gets to sit and watch. And not only do they not get to sit and watch because they don't think they're good enough or they don't have anything to offer. But actually, they also don't get to sit and wash because they think, oh, I'm a bit too busy. We are here to build one another up in Christ, that we go to maturity, that our roots would go deep into the love of Christ, that we know who we are and become like him. You know, if you didn't have a toe, you'd be a bit wobbly. If 
you didn't have a thumb, well, good luck opening a jar, eh? <laughs> so how are you doing in the body? Let's just pray now for a moment. We're just going to be quiet. And it's an opportunity to thank God for the gifts that he's given you. Everyone's got one. Everyone's got something. Everyone's got something to bring. No one sits on the sideline. Thank you, Jesus, that you put your church together in such a way that everybody has a part to play. That we need each other. None of us have everything we need. We need each other. Nobody can say I'm not needed or you're not needed. Thank you, Jesus, when you look at us, we're not unimportant. You know us. You love us. You have a future for us. Help us, Jesus, as your body, to build one another up. When we're tempted to be impatient, lack humility, help us to turn to you, Jesus, and just remember your humility and your patience with us. Thank you so much, Father, for Portswood Church, for each person here and watching online. You have been so good to us. And we pray that we would have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen.